Hey, good morning, everybody. How's everybody doing? A few of you are fired up today. A few of you are not. We will address the elephant in the room here in a moment. We will. Yeah, we will. Not yet, though. Let's talk about e-groups first. I'm serious. I need to talk about e-groups. I need to talk about last week. I need to talk about a few things. First and foremost, everybody last week who filled in all the spots so that our family could be at, uh, at the game last week, thank you so much. And I feel like we need to clap our hands. Thank you, Benjamin, for preaching that message. All of the guys that serve all over the place in all the capacities, thank you for making that happen so that our family could be at the game. Again, we will address that in a moment. Uh, E-groups have kicked off, and these are some incredible e-groups. And I'll just say it this way. There is no reason why you haven't gone online yet to check out these e-groups to get in one, okay? And so make sure you go to EmergeChurch.com. There are some really good ones. I do want to highlight one, and all the other e-groups cannot get jealous of this, but just kind of just go with me. There is one e-group. It's more like a class, and it is Financial Peace Class by Dave Ramsey, and Jeremy and Carrie Tharp are teaching that class. And, and if you're in a place where you need to get some finances on track, that is a great small group for you to look at. And I encourage you today to get online. In fact, right now, while I'm talking to you, I will not get mad if you go to EmergeChurch.com on your phone and sign up for their e-group because I think it's going to help you. And this is what I want to tell you about that class. They are not going to trash you because you ain't doing your money right, okay? I promise you that. But they're going to help you. There are some things they've learned. These are some things that they practice in their life. And I think it's going to be a benefit for you, for your family. And so I encourage you to check that out, as well as all of our e-groups. There's some really, really good ones uh, that are out there. And so I hope you will check those out. Now, let's talk a bit about the elephant in the room, shall we? I'm so thankful that my team can put your team in a place that you feel like you do. Sometimes you just got to take a knee and serve. And I'm just so grateful that my team was able to provide the joys that you have. But just like I told Krista, who is the only person thus to this day that has talked trash to me. The only person. I told her, I said, now don't go and lose to Wake Forest. Anyway. That's it. The elephant has been addressed. And so now the other team in Florida, God bless you, because last night it's going to be all right. Aren't you glad football season is back? I hope you feel this way about the message today whenever I'm done. All right. So my mom and dad are here today. Mom and dad, wave. If you want to verify any stories, there you go. But you might be there a while. Abigail's parents are here, too. You know, what's crazy is my dad and Abigail's dad are like BFFs. You know what I'm saying? Got the bromance going. And so he could verify some of the stories, too. And so anyway, always great to have them here with us. And Joey and Ellen snuck in today. And so it's going to be a good day. It's going to be, I feel it in my bones. Next steps right after church. If you're new to Emerge, you say, I didn't sign up. It don't matter. Come eat with us. we got extra food. Love for you to stick around after church. Now, let's get to 
of the message. Are y'all ready? So this week I was trying to move on from the fulfilled series and jump into a vision series, which that's going to start next week. But I had to get one more in there this week in 2 Kings chapter 4, verse 1. If you have a Bible, you can go there. If not, they will put it on the screens. And um, 2 Kings chapter 4, verse 1, it says, One day the widow of a member of the group of prophets came to Elisha and cried out, my husband who served you is dead, and you know how he feared the Lord. But now a creditor has come, threatening to take my two sons as slaves. What can I do to help you, Elisha asked. Tell me, what do you have in the house? What do you have in your house? Nothing at all except a flask of olive oil, she replied. And Elisha said, borrow as many empty jars as you can from your friends and neighbors. Then go into your house with your sons and shut the door behind you and pour olive oil from your flask into the jars, setting each one aside when it is filled. So she did as she was told, and her sons kept bringing jars to her, and she filled one after another, and soon every container was full to the brim. Bring me another jar, she said to one of her sons. There aren't any more, he told her. And then the olive oil stopped flowing. And when she told the man of God what happened, he now said to her, Now sell the olive oil and pay your debts, and you and your sons can live on what is left over. Man, that is a lot in there. There's a whole lot in there. Let's pray, and we're going to jump in. Father, thank you for this day, this awesome time to gather to worship. It's time to gather to hear from your word. And Father, I just pray that as we share this message today, Father, that your spirit will cause it to come alive, that it won't just be a lecture, but Father, it'll be your words being spoken directly to our hearts. So Father, give us ears to hear what you want to say to us today, and let us be challenged. Let us be encouraged, Father. Let this change us but, Father, I need your help. I need your help to speak this the way you want it spoken, the tone that you want it. Father, I give you glory that today, this is a day that's going to change lives in this room. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. All right, let's recap, and then we'll jump in. Week one, we kicked off this series, Fulfilled, and we talked about how we are invited to live this life to the full. And he sends out the invitation. He sent out the invitation to come and sit at the table with him. And the invitation has been extended to us to live life to the full, live life to the fullest. In week two, we talked about some of the excuses, like what is it that's holding you back? What is it that's keeping you from answering the invitation that he has sent out? To you, And so we talked about how we allow other things to fill our lives, other things that can't fill our lives. We're trying to get them to fill our lives, and they're actually keeping us from living life to the fullest. And then in week three, we talked about from fixed to full. Don't look for a fix in your life. Look to be filled in your life. And we talked about the grace of God. How many of you have heard that message already? If you didn't hear it, you need to jump online. That one was incredible. And then last week, Benjamin spoke the message about being filled with the Spirit. And being filled with the Spirit of God is the key to living full, to being full. It's the Spirit of God that fills us and gives us the fullness of God's life. 
Today, though, we're going to look at 2 Kings chapter 4. And this story starts out pretty sad, and I don't want to shy around it. I'm going to dive into it because I think there are some things in this story that you will identify with. I know I did as I was reading through it. This woman's husband has just passed away. And sometimes when we read the Bible, we don't, we don't feel the text. You know what I'm saying? We read it and we just run through it, but we need to feel it. And I want you to, to be able to feel the weight of what this woman is enduring as she, she's lost her husband. And now she's in a new category in her life. She's, she's, she's used to be, being called a wife. She's used to being called a mother. But now she's being called a widow. And if you could just feel her pain, that is such a challenging place to step into, to, to, to have that type of title that is announced over your life. And in the midst of the grief that comes with losing someone, there's other ramifications that are beginning to take place. Because now, not only has she lost her husband, but now she's in a place where her financial situation is very challenged. And you, 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 can, you can already feel the weight from her loss, and now you start to see the day-to-day, how this is affecting her outlook, how this is affecting everything. Her financial situation has become so serious that not only are the, the, the creditors calling, but they're calling saying, you've got to give us something, and there is a threat now to take her sons to become slaves, to work off the debt that is owed. And this is a really, really intense and serious situation for a woman in a very, very vulnerable place. And I don't mean to start out the message so negative, but if you don't see and you don't feel the weight of what she's walking through, you won't really experience what God did in her life later on. You'll just see it as another Bible story. But really, there's a miracle that took place in her life. And whenever you look at this, you realize that this absolutely does not look like living a life that is full. Am I right? Because a lot of things have become empty in her life. And so the appearance is that she is empty. And, and, it, and it looks literally like everything in her life is beginning to fall apart. That's what it looks like. And, and it's almost like a chain reaction. This occurred. Now this occurred. And now next something is about to occur as a result of the previous things that are occurring. And these are the type of people that say, well, when it rains, it pours. And once the ball starts rolling, you can't stop it. They have all the little sayings to try to bring comfort. But it really speaks of a reality of what we're walking through. And this is what's happening with this woman. And so she goes to this prophet, Elisha. And he's a prophet from God, and she goes to him for help. And what you need to know is that she is very familiar with Elisha um, because her husband served Elisha in his ministry. He, they were a part of what this man of God was doing throughout that time. And so her husband was very familiar with Elisha. And Elisha is one of these great Old Testament prophets. And we see a lot of things that was spoken that God did, some miracles that were happening. And this family had the privilege of being a part of a move of God like that. But even though they were a part of something that God was doing, they were still experiencing some real-life situations. And I hope that I'm talking to some people here today that even though you you got a sense of the goodness of God, you've walked through some real life situations. Am I talking to anybody where it's real life at your house? It's not a facade that God is good. It's God is good, but he needs to help me get through this. Amen. And so this, the way that this man is described, this husband is described, it says that he's a God fearing man. 
And I think that's a powerful way to describe a man, that he is God-fearing. And he's also described as a servant. And in this moment where it looks like this woman is losing everything, she's lost her husband, she's lost her finances, now potentially her son's, she still has some things. And sometimes when we lose some things, we don't realize that we still have some things because losing has an effect on us. You don't believe me? I walked out of a ball game the other night. And when you lose, everybody just feels like the whole thing's falling apart. And then you play the next game and you blow the team out. And now all of a sudden, everybody thinks you're going to win it all. Losing has an impact on your life, whether it's your team or if it's you personally. And loss is the one thing that we're not good with dealing with. We're taught all about dreams. We're taught all about goals. We're taught all about achievement. We're taught about all these things. But when it comes to loss, that is something we would rather not talk about. We would rather not deal with it. Yet every last one of us have to deal with it. And this woman, she's dealing with it. And this is, this is one of those hard situations because it doesn't seem like it's getting better. And in the middle of her loss, in the middle of this empty feeling, she's beginning to realize that she still has something. And so she goes to this prophet because she, she, she's losing all this, but she still has an association. She still has a connection. She still has a relationship that is God-ordained in her life, and it is connected to God's purpose. And so she goes back to him to ask for help. And sometimes when we feel like we're being depleted and we feel like we're being emptied out, when we're at a loss, we can lose sight of the God-ordained relationships in our lives. It's so easy to lose sight of the people that God has brought into our lives that were meant to be there to help us to get through the challenges. And, and our measures of fullness are so miscalculated because we calculate it off of possessions and experiences and memories, things that fade away. But God will be faithful to put things in your life that will last for eternity. And God's put people in our lives with et for eternal purposes. And oftentimes when we go through some temporary mess where we feel like we're losing, we've got to remember the eternal purposes of God that he's putting in our lives through people. Amen? Yeah. It's easy to lose sight of these relationships, especially the ones that are associated and connected to God's purpose. And I find it's interesting because like in one season, it can feel like our lives are so full. And in another season, it feels like everything's just running out. It's like running out of gas and you can't see a gas station for miles and miles. And when she asks for help, and I thought this was interesting, he doesn't give her an answer. He doesn't. And this can be frustrating for many of us. Because some of us in here are so direct that we need the answer to be tailored exactly to our liking. You know, or else it's not an answer. <laughs> I don't need that. Get that out of my life. Am I right? And I hear people, yeah, I know. But instead of giving her an answer for a response, he gives her a question. And I find that, I find that God will do this to you. You ask God for an answer and he'll give you a question. We read through the Bible. He did it to his disciples. Instead of just giving them a straight answer, he gives them a question. 
And man, you want to talk about frustrate somebody. Don't mess with me, Jesus. I'm not in the mood for it today. Come on, let me see that hand. I see that hand. This ain't an altar call. This is just telling the truth. Jesus, why do you do this to me? And I look at this story, and I'm trying to figure out, like, this lady's in some really serious situations here. And it could almost feel a little disrespectful because she's mourning loss. Everything just is piling up. And instead of giving her an answer, he gives her a question. And he asks her, what do you have in your house? And the way she answers this, it wasn't an answer that this prophet Elisha needed to hear. It was an answer that she needed to hear. And that's why God asks you the question. Not so that he can hear your answer, but so that you can hear your answer. That's why it's so important to know God's voice. Because sometimes God will speak to you and tell you exactly what to do. And sometimes God will give you a clue. Sometimes God will bring somebody into your life that will issue a challenge. Sometimes God will just put it on the heart of the man of God to speak a message that will spur something in you. Sometimes you could just be in the middle of a group of people and God sneaks something in. And it's like he had to say something directly to you. And this is her answer. What do you have in your house? This is her first answer. Nothing at all. What do you have? Nothing at all. Except for a flask of olive oil. What you got going for you? Nothing. Except for that one little thing. And this is so important that we see this. And I, I promise you, we're going to ramp it up. I, I got to take you there first before we get fired up about it. Because sometimes you get so inspired that you forget to learn some things through the lesson. Okay? And so I, I need you to feel where this thing is at today. Because this lady is answering her own questions. Because these are no longer answers. This is becoming revelation for her. And there's a lot of people that are looking for answers. They want preachers to give them answers about everything, but God wants to give you some revelation about some things. And I know that sounds deep, but the revelation is where you can see the same thing that you've saw so many times reading the Bible, but that day it jumped off the page and grabbed your attention. That day it meant a little bit more to you. That day it was like a word spoken at right at the right time. And this is what's happening with this lady, except it's not the man of God that's speaking it, it's her. In, in the most vulnerable moment of her life where you need to hear something from God and God responds with a question and you answer the question, the answer was the revelation that you actually needed and it came out of her mouth. It came out of her mouth. And it always looks like we have nothing whenever you're walking through these trials. It always looks like there is nothing there until we remember that I still have something. We do it all the time. Whenever negative situations are happening, we can recite line by line all of the bad things that are occurring in our lives. And I have people that will come to me and say, this is happening, this is happening, this is happening. And I always respond with, tell me some good things that are still happening in your life. And for a moment, they're stuck because they don't always see it. 
But after taking a deep breath and thinking through it, they realize, wait a minute, we still have this going for us. We still have that going for us. And we still have this. And it brings a revelation moment where you realize, I thought I was losing it all, but I wasn't. I lost that, but I still have all of this. And this is a revelation moment for many people because we're fearful of loss. We're so fearful of loss that we overlook what we have, what God has given us, what he's put in our own house. And when I say a house, I'm not talking about your furniture. I'm not talking about your big TV. I'm not talking about your possessions. I'm talking about your people. Amen. I'm talking about your health. I'm talking about the intangible things that God has worked out in your family. That relationship at one point in time between you and your spouse that was not good 10 years ago. You worked it out and God did a miracle and you're 10 years later and you got a loss in an area of your life and you think I don't have anything. You still got what God did. You still have it. But we don't see it that way. All we see is what we lost. All we see is what we don't have. All we see is what we're struggling with instead of what God can do in the middle of the struggle. And God's about to do something in this lady's life that is absolutely incredible. Now, when you hear that she had a flask of olive oil, it really doesn't sound like much. Am I right? Until you're in the middle of baking a cake and you check the pantry and you don't have any oil. And you ain't going to that grocery store because it's that time of the day where everybody and their family and their kids and their neighbors and their dogs and all their people are there. Y'all know what I'm talking about? I mean, y'all avoid those times. I know. I'm not going. And you need some oil because you want that cake. Imagine trying to fry chicken without oil. Some of y'all like air fryer. It ain't the same. God bless you, but it ain't the same. It's like steaming seafood. It ain't the same. You boil it. Amen? You boil it. And you don't do barbecue in the oven, baby. You put it on a grill. All right, anyway. Had a moment right there. I started thinking. All she had was oil. Doesn't sound like much. But when you're trying to cook... You need it. And when you don't have it, you feel it. Um, No doubt, we need all kinds of other things. But when you need that thing, when you need that thing, that's where it really hits you. And we've all been in that place before where we have to go to the neighbors, knock on the door. Can I borrow an egg? We're not really borrowing it, by the way. (laughs) We're just come and get it. Borrow is kind of like a prelude to... I don't want to ask you for it, but, you know. Y'all know that that little awkward exchange? So he tells her, the prophet tells her, I want you to take what you have and get your sons and go collect all the empty jars from your friends and your neighbors. Pointing them back to relationships, by the way. And start pouring. Go back in your house and start pouring. And as she started pouring the little bit that she had, it turned into full jars. It wasn't a lot. It was just a flask. This isn't big. This is a small jar, okay? Enough to cook a cake. That's it. But that's what she had. 
But when she started pouring it into the empty jars, it went from little to more. And she kept pouring it. And every time they brought a jar to her, it kept filling up. It kept filling up. And I need to tell you that you actually have more in your house than what you realize. You have more in you than what you realize. This isn't positive encouragement, Tony Robbins right here. This is word of God. You have so much more in you than what you realize. But the problem is we're measuring full the wrong way. We're measuring full based off of how much we have, how much we're getting. Did I reach my goals? Did I get this? Did I get that? And if I didn't get this, didn't get that, then my life isn't full. But we're overlooking something little that's already there that if you just worked it a little bit, it would go from little to a lot. Amen? And this applies to so many different things in our life. And I started to, to just break this down because if, if we're measuring full wrong by what we gain and what we get, I thought of this. What if full and filled is actually measured not by what we're getting, but by what we're giving? Follow me because we're going to go there. We're, 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 we're so desperate for something. We need, we need, we need, we need. And so we'll show up in a service like this, and I'm going to church to get filled. I need to get filled for my week because, Pastor Wade, if you work with the people I work with, you would understand. You need to get filled because them people, they will drain you. I'm drained at the end of the day, Pastor Wade, and it ain't work. It's people. Those people. How many of y'all know those people? You might be one of those people. Amen? Don't point at people in here. But all she had was a little, but as she started pouring the little that she had in the empty jars, this is where we started to see a filling. And it's interesting because she didn't even know that this was possible because she was looking on the outside trying to find the answer when it was already in her house. What if full and filled is actually measured by what's poured out? Didn't Jesus say this? It's more blessed to than to receive. This is where the light went off for me. Because it's like, I love blessing. If I told you to stand up right now and lift your hands for a blessing, and we had the team come back up and play that song, The Blessing, everybody stands up, lift their hands, and they can sing, Lord bless you. Come on, Jesus, give it to me, all of it. And that is great to be blessed. But if that's all that you want God to do, you're missing so much of him. Because it's not just about being blessed. It's about being a blessing. And watch this. Let me say it like this. Being a blessor. I love to receive it. But do I love to give it? And if I'm in the position to give it, I know it's a much better feeling. And I'm saying that word specifically. Specifically, it's a much better feeling to give than it is to receive when you're in that position. And I'll say it this way. It's a much better feeling 
There's a feeling and there's a feeling. And it's a much better feeling to give it than it is to receive it. Because when I'm giving it, that means I got enough. That means I got more. And I didn't realize it because I didn't put priority on that. I saw it as something small. I saw it as something little. But that little was more than enough. Whenever it's poured. Whenever it is poured. Maybe it was good I went to the game. Because I feel good about this message today. What if the blessing is in the pouring out of what you do have and not just the receiving of what you don't have? All right, let me tell you this story. This is a dangerous story. doesn't involve my parents, so don't worry. Um, So years ago, um, when I became a youth pastor... um, I remember going to all these conferences and hearing all these youth speakers and everything, and they would tell their stories. I mean, they had some real intense stories. I'm talking about storybook stuff that was like, got all the problems. God saves them. It's a miracle turnaround in their lives, and now they're speaking out of all of this stuff. And they're, they're talking about how awesome God was because God set them free from this, and God set them free from that, and all these different things. And uh, as a youth pastor, I was standing there hearing these guys speak, and I thought, well, my story doesn't sound like that. Because my story was, I grew up in the church youth group. That was my story. And I played in the band. That's what I did. And I said cuss words in high school. I did. But that's about as bad as it got. That's all I had. I didn't have a drug addiction. I didn't have an alcohol addiction. I didn't have a crime scene. You know what I'm saying? I never, I was never in it. I was involved in church. I was plugged in the youth. I became the youth pastor of the youth group that I grew up in. I'm talking straight and narrow when there's two people back there to help me stay on it. Fear of Jimmy and the fear of the Lord. That was the train tracks that I was running on. And if you're a parent in here and you don't know how to tell your kids no, talk to them afterwards. They will give you a workshop, a conference, seminar. They have resources available. I'm talking, those were the tracks that I grew up on. And when I became a youth pastor, I would hear these guys sharing their stories, and they were incredible. And I always felt like my story wasn't that incredible. I just felt like it was plain. It didn't have a lot of drama in it. And uh, I just didn't think it was good enough. And I was invited by a man in our church back in Louisiana, Mr. Harold Allison. He said, I want you to come with me. We're going to speak to the prisoners And I would love to have you come and share a few words, not a lot, just a few words. I said, yes, sir, I'll go. I've never been before, but let's do this. And so I went with Mr. Harold, and he asked me to share a few things. And I began to share. And this one guy who was sitting all the way across the room, he stood up, and he started mouthing off some things to me. And he said, what makes you think you could come in here and speak to to us? You ain't never been in anything like this. What are you going to say that's going to help us? And I would like to tell you that I had a moment of compassion 
and that a spirit of empathy came over me, but that was not at all what happened. I was sitting on a stool and I stood up and I said, well, I'll tell you what qualifies me to talk to you tonight. And I had a little tone on it. You know what I'm saying? I wouldn't recommend this, by the way. I told him this. I said, in about 30 minutes, I'm going to walk through that gate right there. And I'm going to walk to the car. And we're going to leave here. And we're probably going to stop and get something to eat on the way home. And I'm going home to see my wife tonight. And I may not know much about how to handle it in here. But I do know how to handle it out there. Hold on. Don't get too excited because this isn't good. You should not do this. Don't get excited because I told the dude off. This is not good prison ministry. And then I proceeded to tell the guy, if I was you, I would listen to someone who knows how to stay out of here. Yeah. And when we got to the car, Mr. Harold said, don't ever do that again. And then when I got home, I told Cynthia, she's like, what if they get out and find us? It's not how you do it, friends. It's not. But it was in that experience where I had a revelation. Because that's the moment where I realized, even though my story wasn't about being an ex-drug addict or an ex-convict, maybe it was about being an example. God, that's where it all turned around. Because before that, I wasn't sharing my story. I was just preaching to people. Tell them what they needed to know. But I didn't realize what I thought was so little could turn out to be so much if, if, if it's poured out. If it's poured out. And the lady just had a little bit. And when we're going through loss, when we feel like everything's empty, we say things like, I have nothing to give. I have nothing to give. I can't do it. And you can't give what you don't have. And the problem is not that you don't have it. It's you don't see what you actually have. And so you're not positioning yourself to give it. But you need to know you've got it. You've got some. In fact, the Bible says God has given every man a measure of faith. It might be the size of a seed. But if you will pour it into the ground and water it it's going to grow and produce more than just a seed it's going to produce fruit not just for you to eat but for others around you to eat but none of that's going to happen if you just keep it in your pocket none of that's going to happen if you keep it to yourself you've got to pour it out you got to pour it out. And we're in a season where so many people are backing away from pouring it out and getting more into collecting, preserving, putting up boundaries. I'm knocking on that door today. 
Because really what we're doing is we're giving ourselves an excuse not to pour out. And that is what the enemy is trying to do, to imprison you in a place of little when God's got so much. And the key to so much isn't just collecting, but it's in giving, it's in serving, it's in pouring it out pouring it out. <laughs> we, we were sharing with the staff earlier, and so many times when we're praying, believing God for something, we think the miracle is in the waiting. It's not in the waiting. It's in the pouring out. It's in that you can sit there forever and wait and wait and wait for more, wait for fullness, and you're not going to get it. All the miracles, you read them. What did Jesus say? Do this, do that, do that. Open your eyes. I've never opened them before. I can't see why I open them. Because if you want to see, you got to open your eyes. Come on. Trust me, I was writing this message like I need to change. Jesus, I'm, I had an altar call in my office. God save, God deliver me, make me right. I don't know what I'm doing anymore. Come on. All I got is a little pass away. A little is a lot. This lady was going through some, some severe situations in her life. But I can only imagine whenever she sold that stuff. And it paid off her debts. And it kept her kids at home. And it put her in a place where there was enough left over that she could continue to take care of her kids. Game changer. She will never look at oil the same again. She will never look at something in her house and see it as small ever, ever again. And too many times we're looking at our lives and we think we're too small. And we forget stories like David and Goliath. We forget that it was a small stone that hit a big man and knocked him down. We forgot that it was a teenager that defeated a giant and set a whole entire nation free. We forget those things because in our situations, we become victims. We become victims. And God is saying, I want you to have victory. I'm trying to position you for victory. But you got to throw the stone. you got to pour the oil. you got to take the step got to take the step. Here's what I'm saying. You'll be the most fulfilled when you're pouring out what God has poured into you. And the woman started pouring and the oil started flowing. What if your healing was connected more to your pouring? What if the things in your family were that you needed God to change was connected to pouring? Because when she started pouring, it started flowing. The fulfilling that God gives you is for more than just a feeling. It's for flowing. And if I had to put a title to it, I would call it filled to flowing because that's why he fills us not just to get it but to pour it three keys I want to wrap up with three keys to being fulfilled number one pursue all that God has for you yeah I, I said it you're like Pastor Ray you've just been talking about pouring and giving what God has given I know but I'm still telling you that you've got to continue to pursue all that God has for you and I told you this earlier in the series, God isn't through blessing you. And some of you, you need to receive that and quit doing your old-fashioned accounting 
based off of your goodness and start doing it based off of his goodness. That's a word. Because God isn't through blessing you, all right? But you got to pursue all that God has for you. That's his word. Diving into the word. There's so much in the word of God that you and I need that will cause us to come alive. But we don't go to the word. We go to soundtracks. We go to sound bites. We go to quotes. And we're, we're nibbling when we were supposed to be eating. Amen? We're nibbling. We're nibbling off of what she said, what he said. And listen, I don't have a problem with it because I'll throw some nuggets out there too. But you can't just raise your kids on nuggets. Amen? You, you, you got to give them some gravy and rice. And too many times we're, mal, we're malnourished as believers because we're living off of nuggets. We're, we're, we got a little popcorn feeding going. We're eating like chickens. Come on. Pursuing all that God has for you is what is God wanting to say to you through his word? You want God to speak? Read his word. He will speak. He will speak. His grace. We talked about it a couple weeks ago. Quit trying to lay the law down on everybody. Amen? And start walking in the grace of God. You'll treat them the way God wants them to be treated, and it'll come back to you. I promise you. You need that grace too. Amen? How many of y'all need grace? Wave at me. Hey, if you give it, you'll get it. If you don't give it, you're in trouble. Okay? Pursuing the Holy Spirit. Every day, God, I'll need you to fill me because if you don't, other things are going to come out. You better fill me because this, this meeting I got today, I might say something. I may say something. Somebody's got to clean up. <laughs> Holy Spirit, I need you because we're walking through some stuff, and my tendency is to go off the rails and lose my temper. But you're a comforter. You're going to help me keep it on track. Pursue those things. Continue to pursue them. But number two, you've got to be able to perceive your faith from your feelings. You've got to know the difference between your faith and your feelings. Because your feelings will lie to you. I'll prove it to you. Some of you, you woke up this morning and you decided to come to church and you didn't feel like it, but you felt like, I probably ought to do this, but I don't feel like it. Don't raise your hand. We could pretty much tell who it was. <laughs> we could tell. But now, you got a different feeling. And you're thankful that you didn't go with the feeling you went with earlier. Because now the circumstances have changed. And you got a little food for your soul. And now, you got a different feeling. This is why we can't follow our feelings because our feelings will take us all over the place. Tomorrow morning, you might not feel like it. I've heard ladies say, I just feel like driving away and never coming back. Don't do that. <laughs> That's not good. These are the types of feelings that are, I, I just wanted to pop that dude in the mouth at the ball game the other night. Don't do that. Amen? Some of y'all are having a hard time saying amen right there. Trust me. Don't make the paper. Wear an emerged church shirt. Danielle will be at the ball game and having to come and cuff you. And she's like, wait a minute, I go to church with you. You got to know and perceive your faith from your feelings. And here's the question I ask you what's in your house? Because you may feel like you have nothing. 
Some of us are in a place because of what we're walking through right now. What we're walking through makes us feel like I have nothing. Because what is occurring is so heavy and it's so hard. But I want you to remember, you still have that seed of faith that God has given you. And I know that tree, that storm may have come through and blew a a bunch of branches off of the tree from that seed. But you still got a seed. You still have it. And so the question I ask to follow that up is, can you find your faith amongst all of your feelings? Because the feelings are there. And we're not so trained nor robotic that we can make them all go away. But in the middle of all those feelings, can I still find my faith? Is my faith still an anchor in the middle of the storm? So pursue all that God has for you, but perceive your faith from your feelings. And here's the third thing. Pour out what he has given you. Pour it out. Take what God has given you and pour it into somebody else. You say, it's not a lot, Pastor. It doesn't have to be a lot. It just has to be poured. And a little bit of pouring will go a long way. Remember when Jesus fed the 5,000? It was just a little boy that had five loaves and two fish. But he said, Jesus, if you can do something with it, you can have it. And Jesus fed 5,000 with a little meal. But because it was poured out, it fed everyone. I know Jesus gets all the credit and all the glory, but we better give some credit to this boy. Because if he doesn't pour it out, everyone's hangry. Am I right? It wasn't much, but he poured it out. And if you pour it out, it's going to begin to flow. And as it flows, you'll see it grows. It multiplies. And more and more people receive from it. In this story, don't overlook the friends and the neighbors that were a part of all of this. I know all they did was contribute it in an empty container, but she needed the empty container. She didn't just need a little oil to cook a cake. She needed some empty containers. I need all your Tupperware. Rubbermaid, that'll work too. And that cheap stuff from the Dollar Tree, bring it. Because I, I, it's flowing. And boys, go, go. You ever did a garage sale before and it caught momentum? And people kept coming and you were running out of stuff? You know what you do? You run in the house and look for other stuff to sell. Been there, done that. I'm telling you, once it's rolling and they, and they bought that one item that you thought no one was going to buy because it was priced at $55, you go back in. Like, where's it at? What's that under your bed? No, you can't have that. Give me that. You hadn't used that in two weeks. Give me that. I'm telling you that because once it starts flowing, you realize that what you had that you thought was so little was actually more whenever it was put in his hands. And now I'm going to put more and more and more in his hands. And when I put more in his hands, he multiplies it. So watch. Let me bring this here. Let me bring this right here. Because you're thinking stuff. You're thinking stuff. But I'm talking about you. That's what I'm talking about, you. Your service to other people, it's pouring out. Oh, I know it's little. Greeting at the door sounds little. 
But for the person that didn't have a good church experience last time that comes and sees you shaking their hand and welcomes them in, it ain't little anymore. It ain't little anymore. Uh, kids ministry, it, it seems like a small, just take care of the kids during church, take care of the kids during church. But then on the way home, when they drop that one little nugget of something they learn, and mama's in the front seat driving away and she's starting to cry because that's what she went for today. Pastor Wade wasn't doing it, and so the little kid heard it in Emerge Kids and dropped it on the way home, and now Mama's having revelation. Seem like something little. Seem like something little to be the guy on the camera, but if you're the person watching at home and couldn't be here because you're sick today, and you hear this word and it inspires your faith to get up, somebody has to pour out when you give that tithe and that offering doesn't seem like much doesn't seem like a whole lot but then you begin to see what god does through it because it touches people in dominican republic it touches students at a high uh, at two middle schools right here in town it's going to sri lanka and it's going to mexico and you you just thought it was a little bit but when we put all the little bit together because this is what's in our house and we begin to pour it out and god begins to multiply it This is the season to pour. You said, Pastor Way has been pouring rain every day. I think God's trying to get our attention and tell us it's the season to pour it out. It's the season to pour it out. Stop the hunkering down. Stop hiding your gifts. Stop hiding your service. Stop saying, I can't. We got too much going on. You will always have too much going on. That lady had a lot going on. Look, look, prophet. I know my husband served you. We had conversations about you at times. Because you always wanted us to do stuff for your ministry. I'm not in a place right now where I could be serving in this capacity. Forgive me for, 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 for telling you the way we do it. She wasn't in the mood. And she wasn't in the place. But that's where she needed to be. It's where we need to be. You want fullness in your life? This is where you will be the most fulfilled in your life. It's not just when you're getting good stuff from God, but it's when you're serving and it's when you're giving. And when you're blessing somebody else, the feeling is greater than the feeling. The feeling is there. It's fantastic. But the feeling... It is there. Let me slide this in. That feeling is the key to conquering burnout. That's right. When you stop pouring, you put yourself in the place to be burned out. I know the psychologist ain't telling you that, but this is bigger than mental health. This is spiritual life. I don't want to have any disregard to that stuff, but I do want to make sure that we bring a spiritual awareness because the enemy would love nothing more than for you to sit idle. Sit idle. And God meant for us to serve. He meant for us to pour it out. Church, it's time to pour it out. I want everyone to stand to their feet. I want you to lift your hands all across this room today. It's like, Pastor Wade, I don't do this lifting hands thing, okay? You should. Father, we lift our hands because we want everything that you have for us. We unashamedly ask you, as your sons and daughters, 
for everything that you have for us. And Father, we know not even what we ask for, but the reason we ask it is because you're good. That's why. We need you, Father. We need your blessings. We need your spirit. We need your wisdom. We need your understanding. We need your provision. We need your protection. God, we need every last bit of it. And we ask you for it today, unashamedly. But Father, just like we ask you for it, we realize that there are things that you have already put in our lives. And we overlook it because we struggle with things. But I thank you for the strength that we already have, that you gave us in those other seasons when we struggled. Thank you that you gave it to us. We still have that. We forgot about it. Thank you for the wisdom that you gave us years ago for that thing that we were trying to figure out. I thank you that we still have it. And even though right now we need wisdom for where we're at, God, we don't want to overlook what we do have and all the things you did give us all the revelations from your word, all of the encouragement that was spoken to us, the words of prophecy that were spoken over our lives in previous seasons, maybe that we forgot because it's really hard right now. Father, I thank you that stuff is still alive and it's still in the house. It's still right there in the house. And today we remember it, we recognize it. Father, we understand now that we must pour it out. And so we surrender all that you have given us to be poured out to others. We position ourselves now to be servants. We position ourselves to be givers. We position ourselves to be generous. We position ourselves to help. We position ourselves to lead. We position ourselves now, Father, to take what you have given us, the skills, the talents, the lessons we have learned, the, the things that we have picked up through the years that has helped us to where we are. God, I pray that we will pour it out so that others can experience it. And through the pouring out, Father, I thank you that you will continue to fill us. So, Father, all the hesitation, all of the excuses, all of the reasons why we can't, all of the thoughts that we have of what we don't have today, Father, I pray that we would realize all we've got to do is pour it out. Just pour it out. For every person in here who doesn't believe that their story, their testimony is enough, I pray, Father, you will convince them even put people in their lives, Father, that need to hear their story. And I pray we will be faithful to share it. Faithful to share it. Faithful to share it. Come on, this is a God moment. Holy Spirit, speak to your people today. I believe right now God is speaking. And he's telling you some things. And you're saying, I don't know if that's God. He's telling me to do this and do that. That is God. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Jesus. If you're here today and you don't know Jesus as your Lord and Savior, you were supposed to be here today in this moment because the Spirit of God is saying, come to me. He's pulling you. He's drawing you in. And I want to lead us today as a church in this prayer. This is just the start of a relationship with God. And if you know today you need to surrender your life to Jesus, 
Make him your Lord and Savior. Begin a relationship with him. I want you all to repeat this prayer after me. Say, dear God, I need you. I'm not where I'm supposed to be. I haven't been doing the things I'm supposed to do. I've been living according to my own plans. But today, I surrender. I give you my life. I ask you to change me, to make me the person that you want me to be. Forgive me of my sins and give me a new start. And I decide now, I will follow you. I'm going to live my life your way. I'm all yours. Thank you for your forgiveness. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Yeah.